Hi there, Rachel here. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2024, I have some big news. After selling out during the holiday season, my Flex of Gold journal is available for pre-order right now and will be shipping to your home by the end of June. To celebrate, we're running an amazing pre-order sale for Mother's Day. Purchase the journal before May 13th and you'll get $10 off every journal. This is our best price of the year, even better than Black Friday, so it's the perfect time to stock up for gifts for family and friends. This three-year journal helps mothers to notice, savor, and write down the fleeting golden moments that they experience with their children each day. So go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to reserve your copy, and you'll also see our brand new cover colors, as well as our new cover option, which is a wipeable vegan leather. So again, go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to pre-order your journal, and from now until Mother's Day 2024, they'll be marked down by $10 each. I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. Happy Monday, my friends. For today's episode, we are throwing it way back to an episode from almost two years ago called How to Stop Looking at Your Phone So Much and Why It Matters with licensed clinical psychologist, Dr. Katie Penry. Now, you may have already listened to this episode before because it is by far the most downloaded episode in the history of 3 and 30, but there are a few reasons why I decided to pull it from the archives and re-air it today. First of all, as you may know, my family and I just got back from a long road trip of the southern United States, and one of our stops along the way was Daphne, Alabama, where I got to meet the Dr. Katie Penry in person. Katie and I initially met on Instagram right when 3 and 30 was starting out, and we decided to record today's episode together way back then. And then a few months later, we recorded another episode together kind of as a follow-up to the first. And then a few months after that, we recorded another episode together. So she's been on the show three times, and in between these conversations, we kept in touch via the app Marco Polo, and we've developed a deep and real friendship, which I cherish. We'd never met in person, though, so being with her this past month in her lovely home was such a delight for me. She's every bit as fun and smart and gracious in person as you would imagine her to be after hearing her interviews on the show. And one night as we all sat around her kitchen table eating homemade tacos together, I told her that I'm planning to put together some free e-courses this year on some of my most frequently asked questions that I get from listeners, such as, how do I control toddler tantrums? And why won't my kids listen to me until I start yelling at them? The way that I plan to format these e-courses is that each of them will be my three best episodes on that topic with some corresponding worksheets and commentary. And I was telling Katie that night over dinner that I'm seriously tempted to have this episode about cell phone use be the first lesson in the e-courses because so many of the behavioral challenges that we have with our children might be improved if we were simply more present with them and more connected to them. Of course, this wouldn't solve everything in our homes and turn our children into perfect angels, but I think it's important to acknowledge that when we improve our connection to our children, when we listen to them more fully and give them our eyes and our attention, a lot of our frustration and their frustration might go away on its own. So I challenge you as you listen today to think about some of the struggles that you're having right now with your children. And if you're someone who's on your phone a lot, like I am, ask yourself, if I weren't distracted by my phone as much, 
would things in this area with my kids improve? And I'm not saying they necessarily would, but just let that simmer and maybe experiment with it this week. And this is my challenge for myself as well, because heaven knows I am on my phone way too much, which is yet another reason why I decided to air this episode today as a reminder to myself. I also want to make sure that you know that Dr. Katie Penry has a seven-day lookup challenge. It's an e-course for parents who are ready to commit to less screen time and more FaceTime with their kids. Each day you get a little video and some of her thoughts about it and a specific strategy or tactic that you can use. So you can check that out when the podcast is over and I'll put a link in the show notes. So whether this is your first time hearing this episode or you've heard it before, I think it's an important topic for all of us to revisit. This is episode 114, how to stop looking at your phone so much and why it matters. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Dr. Katie Penry, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi, Rachel. Hi. I'm so glad we finally connected. We've gone back and forth on social media for quite some time now. I know. I'm such a huge fan of your just practical love for mothers. I oh, think we share that. Yes, I think we do too. <laughs> and I feel like as since I've started following you, I've just been so impressed because you're a young mom like me. Our kids are actually similar ages, but you have this huge body of knowledge about human and social development and the brain. I'm like, this lady is a boss. <laughs> <laughs> for good or for worse, right? Like whenever you're parenting, you have this, you, you're kind of always aware of something in the background. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's probably true. I've heard you talk quite a bit about the importance of putting down our phones and looking yes. up yes. and engaging with our little ones. And I feel like as moms, we kind of know, we do know that this is important. Yes. Um, and we, we have sort of an uneasy feeling like this probably isn't good for my kids when we're on our phones too much, but yes. we don't necessarily know why. And that's why I've loved following you because you have this data and research right. that's made me really get serious about wanting to change my behavior. So I was wondering right. if we could start off by you telling us like, why does this even matter? This Right. This is hard work to learn to put down our phones and to kind of go against the cultural norm of always being on our phones and staring at our phones. Right. Why should we do this for our kids? Oh, man. I love this question. This is the question that I'm, I always am like hoping and praying any person will ask me even in the grocery store, because I kind of feel like I could break into song and dance whenever <laughs> I honestly, whenever I hear it, because it is so critical Almost 80% of your child's brain development occurs in the first three years of life. And that development occurs in the context of consistent verbal and nonverbal interaction with your child. Okay. Um, so I look at it like the lookup challenge really is just one of the biggest investments in your child's brain growth, brain growth and development really that you can make because your child is actually laying the neurological foundation. Okay, for empathy, self-esteem, communication, language, all of these things that we really 
hope and want for our children. So healthy social and emotional development is not just a given. It's not something like our kid is assuming that we feed them pretty much going to grow in height, you know, mm-hmm. but social and emotional development is really not that way. And I think that many women for centuries and centuries and centuries, what our children need is just second nature, right? Uh, It's mutually beneficial. We enjoy looking at our babies in the face. They enjoy looking at us. These are the things that are really, really good for your child, right? Just looking at your baby, okay? Attuning to who they are, what they love, reacting, giving them something to react to, reacting to what they give you. This is a, this is a a thing that Harvard psychologists call serve and return. So critical. And it is crazy whenever you really get into the literature that we are having to break down into steps what this looks like, right? Because cell phones have really changed and taken away so much of what is originally instinctual for a woman if she is just not distracted. Mm. Yeah. So this, you know, so the key to this uh, brain development is looking their primary caregiver in the eye. I mean, that's a huge. Yes, absolutely. It's a huge. It is huge. So as whenever you're, you have a baby, right? Your child is really using your face. And this is not a joke to figure out that they are a person. So a baby really uses its mother's face to learn that they can regulate their emotions, Mm -hmm. be less distracted, manage their affective experience just from their mother's facial expression and the way that a mother regulates her baby with her face and reactions. That is something that the baby internalizes. Neurological connections are really being made in that eye-to-eye synchronization. Wow. So, and like you talked about, um, in all the previous generations, this was so instinctual and women didn't really have options to distract them from that. Like when they're nursing and when they're feeding. Right. But now, now things are different. Exactly. So Dan, Daniel Stern, he is this incredible, um, psychologist, right? He studied, how much a baby is actually looking at his mother. And it is like 70 to 80% of the time your baby is that your baby is alert. He is looking at you. Okay. So if you're looking at your phone, not only are you denying your child, your gaze, that neurological, like steroid. Okay. You're actually um, modeling something, right? Something, something kind of confusing for the infant. You know, because this baby is really, really, let me tell you this, Rachel, this is one of my most favorite facts in the whole world. So your baby is born able to see the exact distance. So the bio mom, the distance from the bio mom's eye to nipple, okay, that distance. So if it's 10 inches for you or 10 and a half inches, I don't know what it is, then that is the exact distance that your child is wired to see. Wow. Yeah. Like, in other words, whenever the baby is created, it is created to connect with you in your eyes. Your baby learns that it is seen and seeable while breastfeeding right there. Wow. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. 
So obviously this is extremely important and not uh, the focus of your work is with infants um, because Mm -hmm. so much of that development happens from zero to three years old. Yes. Yes. But, um, but all of what you teach could really apply to children who are older as well. And that it's so important to give them our faces as well. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Parents act actually as mirrors for their children. They learn who they are in the reflection of another person's watchful gaze. So, and they're constantly, so you can kind of think of your child really as performing. Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot of the time, their play is a performance. You would never look at your phone during your child's piano recital. But if you go to a playground this afternoon, almost all of the women will be looking at their phone. And their children will still be referencing them seven to eight times every five minutes, and they will not be receiving a loving witness. Their play is a performance. They are learning that this, that this matters, that I am seeable, that I am worth celebrating. They're developing social skills and self-esteem, self-efficacy. And then as they age, I mean, back to modeling, we are so shocked that our teenagers are really going to their phones to find themselves when we have raised them, basically looking at them through a phone. I say, I think I said this a while ago, um, maybe on one of my Insta stories that I had just come back from the park and there was this mother and she was so sweet and really um, enjoying being with her kid. Her kid was really enjoying being with her. The daughter, who was maybe two, there's this big slide at my park, and I can tell this is like the first time the daughter was really going to get up the gumption and do it, okay? So the mother pulls out the phone and is going to record it, okay? And even though the mother is celebrating and attuned to the child's affect, she actually isn't looking at the child in the face and the eyes. She is actually looking at the phone which is recording the child. Okay. So you can imagine how, as this child ages, they're going to kind of wonder if everything worth celebrating about me is in the phone. We can't, we can't keep looking at our kids in their big moments of celebration through our phone and then wonder why our kids are looking at the phone to find themselves. We've taught them that you're here. You're here more than your wit. I'm pointing to my, my hand, like it's a phone. You're in this device more than you're really in this moment with me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So yeah, this matters definitely as we age. So another one of the big pushes on a friendly affair that I do every holiday is planning your pictures. Just saying these are the, you know, sitting down before an event, a birthday, a holiday and saying, these are the pictures that I really want. And then I'm going to put my phone away so that you can say, okay, well, I got a picture of each of my kids opening this present. I got a picture of all of our family together and I got a picture of them and their new PJs. Okay. So those say those are the really important pictures for you. And then you put your phone away so that you can actually provide your children with that loving witness during their moments of celebration and during their memories. You are not implanting into them a memory of being watched through a phone during their big moments of celebration. Okay. You know, they are, and and you're freeing them by doing that. You're kind of freeing them to be present in the moment and not going to their phone to find themselves and find 
themselves celebrating. Mm-hmm. That's such a great practical tip about holidays. And I do yeah. want to get more into your practical okay. tips because you have so many. I feel like that's something else I love about your work is you are like a young hip mom (laughs) and you're like, um, you use your phone, you know, and you're like, yeah, anybody who gets rid of a smartphone, like, have they never seen how amazing Snapchat filters are? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so you're like, you're not saying that. And the way your two-year-old, if if you haven't shown your two-year-old a Snapchat filter, you know what I mean? Like that is, that is so much fun. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like you're not saying like these things are the devil, like throw them in the trash no. can. No. You have no. such practical ways of controlling it and, and looking up, um, yeah. having a phone, but also giving our kids what they really need. So yeah. let's just start Absolutely. in with your first takeaway sure. for how, how can we do this? Look up and be okay. more present with our kids. Okay. Yes. So going back then, I love what you just said. That was such a great point. And that's a really great jumping off point. So I want to, but I want to say it again. Your phone is not the devil. I feel like you guys need to hear me say it because I just basically told you that you're going to ruin your children. If you look at your phone, I'm <laughs> um, your phone is not the devil. In fact, your phone is really a source of good. There are ways that you can really create, create good community. I mean, the first, three years of your child's life are very isolating. Am I right? Yes. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And Instagram, why don't you, if you, I don't know if you ever surf Instagram, uh, like hashtags, Rachel, but you know, get on there like moms <laughs> to moms global or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like all these women just supporting each other. Yes. It's wonderful. So anyway, I'm going to say you need these things and that's okay to need these things. Let's just figure out how to do it. So my first takeaway is actually, Focus on rather than minutes and hours. So a lot of people, adults, whenever they set about uh, deciding that they want to do a digital detox, they say, well, I'm only going to look at my phone 30 minutes today or two hours today or five minutes an hour. Okay. Well, this model really is not effective for adults and certainly not effective for new mothers and parents that are at home or primary caregivers. Um, because your child might sleep for two hours and heck, if you've done all, all the chores you want to do, then that's two hours that you might be able to make a friend, connect, learn something, study, read something that really brings you joy. So that's okay. The point rather than focusing on minutes and hours is actually to focus on presence and place. So what I want you to do mamas right now is think about some tech free spaces that you can really put a hedge around. I'm not going to use my phone and I'll give you some, the top three, I would say. I'm not going to use my phone while I'm breastfeeding. I'm not going to use my phone at the dinner table and I'm not going to use my phone at the park. Great. Just tech-free spaces rather than minutes and hours. So whenever the American Pediatric came out with screen time must be limited because it is not good for a child's brain. That is so true. But adults just tried to adapt that to themselves. Well, screen time isn't impacting your neurology as far as we know, uh, like it does your child. It certainly does impact your child's neurology. They don't need to have um, really the first two years of life. They don't need to have any screen exposure and then very limited for the next two. But um, And then as they age. But for you... Um, 
we don't need to just adapt that role from the American pediatric, Mm -hmm. okay, to parenthood. I mean, that's for children. Dr. Katie Pennery, A Friendly Affair, we are trying to scream from the rooftop, just make some places sacred, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I love that. One thing that I've struggled with being a mom of young kids is feeling like there's really no good time to be on my phone because they're so little and they need so much from me. And if I don't want to be on my phone during their alert time, then Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll only do it when, you know, after they're in bed, but then I'm on my phone during that time when I could be connecting with my husband. So then I'm like, I won't do it then either. And Mm -hmm. then I start to feel like, well, I, I need the phone for this work that I'm doing with my podcast and, um, as well as socially. And so I'm like, so if I'm saying I'll never be on my phone when my kids are awake and aware of me, right? then when, when can I do it? That's not practical either. Yes. So that actually leads into my second takeaway, which is telling your kids why you're on your phone and what you're doing. All righty. So I think that this actually limits passive phone use, which is really the problem here, helps you be more intentional and also explains to your kids that I'm using this phone for a reason right now, Mm -hmm. that I'm not choosing something over you, but I do have to work or I have to look up a recipe or so let me tell you, I tell my kids most of the time, mama's going to look up, mama's going to look at Pinterest for about five minutes. Okay. Can y'all go play? I need a recipe Mm -hmm. like for real, you know, that's probably my most frequent um, during after school hours is so just your second takeaway would definitely be get in the habit of just telling your kid why you're looking at your phone. Mm-hmm. You got to look at your phone while they're alert, especially as they age uh, two and four. I don't know if your kids are three and five. I heard you say that they're about the same age as mine. Like just tell them mm, you guys, I have to check my email right now because I'm expecting something or I'm going to look at my phone because so-and-so just messaged me and we've been playing, we've been trying to get in touch with each other. So, mm-hmm. you know, just, just tell them what you're doing. And I also love what you said. It, it holds you accountable too. Cause if you have to say right. it out loud, you're like, I'm going to look at my phone because I'm feeling stressed out and I want to mindlessly surf Instagram <laughs> right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not just, yeah, exactly. You're like, I'm going to check the phone. I don't know why I'm going to check the phone because it's a compulsive habit, you know? So it kind of, it makes you think about why you're going to do it. Exactly. And you know, really another awesome side effect. This is my favorite thing about it is that mama, if you take a week, if you just make yourself do this for the week, a week, by the end of that week, every time you look at your phone, you're going to have like a bunch of little buzzards asking you why you're looking at your phone. <laughs> so it's like you're kind of building in this uh, alarm system for yourself. Like if you do fall back into just aimless and mindless engagement uh, with your phone during alert time, it's like your kids are like, why are you looking at your phone? Why are you looking at your phone? And then he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> why, why am I looking at your, my phone? Okay. I, I love that idea of involving them. And t- Okay. So in talking about distractions, that's actually my third takeaway point, which is that you can actually use your phone to prevent distraction, okay, rather than uh, being just a constant source of distraction. So I really hope that all of you guys go to a friendlyaffair.com and click to sign up for the lookup challenge tomorrow. There's so like all of this mm-hmm. is in there plus so much more. And one of the things that I do, which I really can't, I just don't have time to get into exactly how to do it here because I'm not 
a tech nerd. I mean, I'm just, I can't, but, um, in the lookup challenge, I actually show you how to use your phone so that it has, I mean, has like non notification types. Like, do you know that you can set a calendar in your phone to turn off notifications during certain hours? So if you want to be alert from three 30 to five 30 every day with zero notifications, then do you know that you can set your phone to do that for you? That's just like, that's amazing. Or, um, I mean, there's all sorts of different things you can, if you do need your notifications in some apps, but not others, if you want to go ahead and ask yourself, like there's so much that you can do just in the notification settings of your phone that really can help you kind of, um, diminish some of this, the buzzing. Right. So it's the, the phone itself can help be a tool to be more present. Right. You know, like it'll, you can even, you can even go a step further and putting it into do not disturb mode. I do this a lot. So my phone is set to go into do not disturb mode yet at 3.30. And what that means is the only person that can call me is the people on my like breakthrough list, which is something I can teach you how to set on the, in the lookup challenge as well. So like my mother um, the preschool say like, I've let her stay there later or, um, my husband or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or if somebody calls me two times in a row, it will buzz me and let me know that this is the second time they've called. Do you want to pick up? You know, Mm -hmm. that's so great. Um, one thing that you say in the lookup challenge that I thought was really interesting was, um, that people will sometimes say, well, what if someone needs me? Yes. Um, And from a psychologist standpoint, I loved what you pointed out about that question. So explain that to us. Yeah. So I said, I, whenever I tell people, why don't you put your phone on do not disturb during these hours, they always say, well, what if somebody needs me? And my question then is, well, what if somebody doesn't? (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think that we want to believe that we're really more more central and more important than we are. Right. Sometimes I think that that's part of it and, um, not, not being needed, not being seen again, we are kind of caught in a loop of trying to find a way to be seen because of the way our phones have kind of shaped the world. Right. And, and, you know, if you're not, if you're not needed during those hours, that's okay. You're still seen, you're still lovable. You're still wonderful. You know, well, and the thing that that question got me thinking about is, well, who really needs me? Yeah. These, these, these kids that are here in front of me. And who, exactly. You know, like what if someone needs me? Well, someone does need me and they're right here. (laughs) Yes. You know, um, so that's a powerful question I think to ask yourself and, and it's also there, like if you miss a call, if you miss a text, if you, it's all stored in your phone, you can get to it later. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. It's not like, it's not like it just goes away. So there's probably some moms out there that are feeling some guilt about how they've done things with their children in the last, I mean, the good news is, is that it hasn't been that long that phones have been around. So we have a chance to change the way this is going in our culture and our society. But if there's a mom listening and she's thinking, I looked at my phone every time that I nursed Mm -hmm. or I, you know, I'm, and they're worrying that they ruined their child Mm. or, you know, what would you say to those moms who may be feeling a little bit of guilt as they hear this? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is a 
problem. I know it is. And I'm, I would tell you that you have not ruined your child, that you can do the work. Start now. Put your phone down. Look at your kid in the eye. Start reading to them more. I mean, when was the last time? I, I hear this a lot from people who take the lookup challenge. I actually hadn't really looked at my kid in the eye, like made eye contact with them in a while, you know? Mm-hmm. And so just start, just start doing it. You haven't ruined your kid. Children are incredibly resilient. I had a child client who actually had a lobectomy at six years old, like had half of his brain removed. And that kid by eight was pretty much normal. I mean, a child's brain is bananas resilient, constantly making connections. So sure, after three, that connectivity is slowing down and you might have to kind of double up some of your efforts, but you certainly haven't ruined them. There is no reason for you to feel shame. You're here now. You're listening to this awesome podcast. You want to be a great mom. So just, and you have everything you need to do it. So just do it. Great. And, and as a reminder, what are those three practical steps that they can take this week or takeaways that they can do to start looking up and being more present with their kids? So set some sacred spaces and places. Just let go of the minutes and hours paradigm. Tell your kids what you're doing when you're looking at your phone and get in there and examine your notifications. Is there something you can do to kind of set some do not disturb hours and help that phone work for you? Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Penry. I asked her before we started, I'm like, do I call you Katie? Do I call you Dr. (laughs) She's like, just call me Katie. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, we're so, so grateful that someone with so much knowledge and educational, impressive educational background would come on and teach us and hopefully we can have you come back another time and talk about yes. an- other aspects of the parent-baby relationship, parent-child relationship. Yes. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Rachel. I really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. I hope I haven't uh, been too distracting with my Southern draw. No, I love your Southern draw. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I've never met anyone from Alabama. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yes. And my favorite book is To Kill a Mockingbird, as you know. <gasps> oh, yes. Yes, and we've you, talked about it. <laughs> yes. You sent me the children's, you sent me the link to the children's book about To Kill a Mockingbird, which we immediately ordered. And it's one of my kids' favorite books now. Really? So, Alabama yes. Spitfire? That one? Yes. I love it too. So, okay. Well, thanks so much for coming on. <clears throat> Thank you. So much food for thought in that episode. Am I right? I just want to say thank you for being a part of this community where you're challenged week after week to dive deep and look within yourself to see how you can improve. That's not easy, and I hope that you're doing that with grace and self-compassion. None of us is perfect, and we never will be, but we're all in this together as we strive to be a bit better each day. I hope you don't feel any shame about your phone use after listening to that episode. I hope you just feel motivated and encouraged to make some changes and shifts if you need to, to bless your family. You're doing a good job, so much better than you might think. The fact that you're here listening to this podcast means that you care deeply about your children and they are super lucky to have a mom who devotes time to listening and learning and growing within her motherhood. If you're interested in more of Dr. Katie Penry's work, don't forget that she has that lookup challenge on her website, afriendlyaffair.com. 
and you can also listen to her on other episodes of 3 and 30. Episode 41 is a follow-up to this one called How to Really See Your Children and Help Them See You. And episode 60 is called Three Facts You Must Know About Infant Sleep. So if you have a baby who you want to help become a great sleeper, the link for that episode is in the show notes. Thank you again for being here and for listening. I love this community. I am rooting for you. And I hope you have a great week with your family.